Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin. Okay, well, welcome back, everybody, to Bitcoin Roundtable. We are here on a new year, 2019, and we're very excited to have a guest on our show, BitBoy. Welcome, BitBoy, to Bitcoin Roundtable. Hello. Thank you guys so much for having me. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> thank you for coming on. We've had a number of different interviewees on over the past year, but we are quite excited to have you on. Darren and I have watched some of your stuff on YouTube, and we're excited that you're here and talking with us. Well, thank you so much. Glad you guys like what I do. <laughs> I like it when people like things. Great. <laughs> yeah, I like it too. I'd like to hear what your thoughts were on the past year on Bitcoin. Yeah, so the last year has definitely been very different than I think we all thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I think that we all thought we were going to be rich and that uh, you know, the, the trend that was in December was going to continue and you know people had predictions of Bitcoin going to 50,000 or 100,000 and you know it, you can't count your Lambos before they hatch you know so <laughs> Um, uh, unfortunately, it hasn't it hasn't gone like everyone expected. However, you know, and this is something that I've talked to my audience about a lot. Is that right now in the crypto world in general, not even specifically with Bitcoin, but there's a gap between like adoption, mainstream uh, technological advances, platforms. There's a gap between all of those things and the price. The price is purely speculative and. If the actual price of Bitcoin was based on the advancements over the last year, then there's little doubt we would actually be up over last year. But unfortunately, there's just not that connection right now. So even though the price has been down, obviously it's down a lot. You know, I think the advancements that were going on behind the scenes over the last year have actually been, you know, really great, really significant. We've had a lot of big partnerships coming in to crypto. Of course, with Bitcoin, Bitcoin itself can't actually have a partnership because there's no really, there's no guiding entity of it. But of course, you know, like Overstock.com accepts Bitcoin and other places can accept it. But we've had a lot of big partnerships coming into the crypto space with other cryptocurrencies, you know. And, and, And one thing that a lot of people don't like that is going on right now, which is regulation in the space. We're getting a lot of regulation from the SEC and the CFTC and other regulating bodies, but to me, that just goes to speak to the legitimacy of Bitcoin, you know, that it's so legitimate that the government is having to take actions to prepare for the future of Bitcoin. And when I talk to people and they're like, oh, it's a fad or this is passing, or I just just spoke with a lady yesterday, a, a realtor, and she was like, yeah, but it doesn't really do anything. And, you know, I would rather invest in stocks and stuff like that. I just can't believe that people can't see where this is going. You've got big CEOs of financial companies leaving to come to crypto. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though the last year has not been great, the future for crypto and Bitcoin in my mind is definitely very bright. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that. I think there was a, a video by Andreas... Antonopoulos. I think it was about a month, maybe two months ago, and he was he was kind of touching on a lot of the points you made um, in regards to Bitcoin kind of getting ahead of itself. You know, there's a lot of areas in Bitcoin, like the wallets being a, a big one, I guess, and also you know the the blockchain transaction issues that we had the big blow up in December last year where you know the we're getting dinged about 40 bucks uh, to do a transaction on right. bitcoin uh, he touched on all those points and saying when these problems and they are slowly getting 
taken care of and solved. I think the, the Lightning Network would be one. And with wallets that become easier to use for people in time, it just solidifies that fundamental base and provides a great foundation for Bitcoin going forward. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, and another side of it is I've always been a a long term (laughs) bull on Bitcoin. You know, like you mentioned, the realtor, random people you run across saying that Bitcoin's going to die. There's nothing there for it. But I look at the programmers, right? Like the the talent behind the the curtain, if you will, right? People working on on the actual Bitcoin code. And it, it just makes me such a solid strong believer in it i mean i i can't help but think eventually it could be beyond my lifetime right a bitcoin or a variant of bitcoin it, it just it's a better solution than the current fiat is now in my opinion i watched one of your episodes one time and you were talking about the sec beards and crypto beards and bitcoin yes yes and what? you were talking what? about the sec and whether or not we even need them yeah but any place where money is involved and i think your guess that you had on Beards and Crypto mentioned that, you know, you had 18-year-olds with Lamborghinis and making 4,000% on their uh, their investment. When people are making crazy gains like that, it has to be regulated. So it's all coming and, and the KYC is basically implemented all across exchanges now, if I'm not mistaken. Not all exchanges. Most of your exchanges are moving to KYC, but there, there are some that the whole base of like Payfair, for instance, is, is an exchange that says that they, they they don't care what happens. They're built on not doing KYC. Is that right? Um, so, so, so there's going to be some, but I, I agree with you. I think there does have to be, there has to be some regulation in cryptocurrency. Hmm. However, there's always going to be a portion of people that are going to look to go underneath what people can see, and yeah. they're going to want transactions, whether it be drug dealers or terrorists or yeah. people that are money laundering. So for, for that segment of the population, which is obviously a pretty small segment, that there will always be an area of crypto, you know, like Monero, you know, you have these privacy coins that are untraceable. There will always be some that I think will stay on the edge of the regulation that will, won't really care. But for the most part, you know, blockchain companies and cryptocurrencies themselves and the companies that, you know, because even if you have a cryptocurrency that's totally decentralized, obviously there's a development company behind that. Those companies want legitimacy, you know, that they want to be seen as something where people can put, you know, their money in and trust that the company's not going to exit scam overnight. So I think there's definitely some crypto companies that are going to benefit greatly from regulation. And I think the area that is really the most troubling with the regulation though is the taxation obviously the taxation because bitcoin well not bitcoin per se but because cryptocurrency you know falls under the security laws from 1933 that were around when there weren't even computers you know it, it doesn't really fit the sec and so they've got some kind of archaic laws about taxation where you know you, you shouldn't get taxed when you're trading one crypto to the next. I mean, that's, I that's kind of crazy, but that's the way that it is. Yeah. Now, anytime you have a transaction that involves cryptocurrency, it's a taxable event. Luckily for those who came in the space over the last year, those are probably almost all negative. So you can count about a $3,000 loss right. uh, max per year. These are things that we all need to understand going forward when the prices do start to go up. And hopefully by the time the next bull run happens, we will have some legislators that, that come in and give us some kind of you know revitalized law that makes sense for everybody. Because if not, crypto companies are going to leave the United States. 
I would agree with that, but I would also say that I mean, do you really feel there's going to be much of a bull run without more clarification from that? I mean, you know, like I, I go on Reddit on the Bitcoin and you know, and there's all these people commenting and they're, you know, they're a little upset about the whole Bitcoin scenario, at least over the last couple of months and saying, well, Bitcoin isn't doing well because people aren't spending their Bitcoin. They're just buying it and hold, holding it, which is really what I do. I don't trade it. I just buy it. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of one of those guys you mentioned. You mentioned Coinbase, I think 10 to 12 percent of all Bitcoin sitting on Coinbase. I don't use Coinbase. I have a account on Binance. I got a little bit of Bitcoin there. I got a little bit of Bitcoin, uh, Coin Square, Canadian equivalent of Coinbase, I guess, and and I've also got some stored away in a, on a treasure. But why spend it if every transaction is a taxable event? I feel it's it's such a dampening dark cloud over the whole crypto space. It does have to be changed. I'm I'm quite confident it will be changed soon. But the skeptic in me says the fact that they're treating it as a security is doing the exactly what they want it to do, which is try to slow down the adoption of Bitcoin. Perhaps that's too negative a view. Any any thoughts on the dark side? I guess. Well, I, I think I think you hit right on it. Is it's the dark side, and that's what a bear market does to people. It's so crazy. If you go back to December of 2018, and you compare the sentiments and the statements and the things people were saying compared to what they were saying in December 17th, it was an exact mirror image. You know, it's, yeah. it's the euphoria versus the depression. And so, if you go look at Reddit right now. The depression of the bear market is crypto is going to fail. Bitcoin is never going to come back. It's not coming for five or ten years. There will never be adoption. Like, that's what you see right now. Yeah. But if you looked in December of 2017 and early January, there was the exact opposite. It's, oh, my gosh, let's go pick out our Lambo. Wow, Bitcoin's going to be the more currency in a few months. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think a lot of that is just the, the sentiment that is created by this market. Yes. Um, I, I don't think that we need all of the institutional money. I don't think we have to have the regulation to go on another bull run. It's just, it's cyclical. That's where we're at right now. We're we're in the bear market. If you go back and look at 2017 or really even further back in 2016, when the market finally turned and started going upwards, right. there was no catalyst. You right. can say in 2017, there was a catalyst, which was the, you know, the, the having or having of Bitcoin where uh, the block rewards are, are reduced. You can say that had a delayed effect that eventually pushed the market parabolic. A lot of people think that that's what's gonna happen is next year we have another happening coming in. Yeah. and think that might move it forward, but I, I don't think we have to have the regulation for a bull run. Like, just, there's so many unknowns, right? I, I, I know this thing, it's called, I believe it's called the Johari window. It's like there's four squares. There's things that you know that you know, things that you that you know that you don't know, yes. things that you don't know that you know, and things that you don't know that you don't know. And there's so many things in crypto that we don't know that we don't know. And there's right. so many things that are going on behind the scenes that we don't know. For instance, there's a rumor, and I don't know if it's true or not, but there's a rumor of a Ripple and Amazon partnership. Whether or not that partnership it comes to fruition or not. The fact is, I made a video at the beginning of this year, the first day of the year, which was my 2019 predictions, and I do believe that eventually Amazon this year will formally come into crypto. And if they have the partnership with Ripple, then that would be it. 
And whether or not that partnership happens is kind of irrelevant to my point here, though, which is if a partnership like that came into the crypto space, if Amazon started accepting Bitcoin, wow. what that would do would just it would be so insane. The new amount of people that would be exposed to it and that would see the value in it. So uh, I think that eventually there's going to be something that comes in today. There was a story as crazy as it sounds about Russia deciding that they want to put $10 billion in Bitcoin and they want to use Bitcoin to get around U.S. regulations. If something like that happens, then we're going to be off and running. And there's really no, no like there, there isn't really an argument that either one of those things would not make the market go way up. Right. Um, I don't think anyway. So that's just what I think. I think that right now in the current state with the depressed mindset that we all have due to the bear market it, it's kind of like a regular person that's in depression like they can't see their way out of it you know right. you can talk to them you can try to reason with them and point and show things like oh no your life is really good and it can get better but right. they're in the throes of that depression and markets are purely psychological and that is what it has done to the common investor and the common person that's interested in crypto which is why the crypto community is probably been cut down you know probably about uh, 90 percent of the people that were involved in in december so right. i don't know maybe i rambled too long but uh that was a lot of points <laughs> yeah so a question for you here is um out of your listeners are you finding that you're getting any feedback are people actually using their bitcoin are they making purchases with it um here's the problem there isn't a good way to make purchases with it the ways that we have right now now look you can spend it on overstock.com funny story about that uh my friend jake canfield from i love crypto he he bought a mattress i think in 2014 and he said that that mattress in December of last year would have been worth about four hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and I understand, you know, what you were saying earlier about why you would just want to, you know, hold it or hodl it, you know, as we say, instead of spending it. Like that makes total sense. It, what I tell my listeners is, if you really want to push adoption, like take the amount of money that you usually spend on things outside of your crypto investments and use that money. To, like invest that money in crypto and then spend that money the problem is there's not a great on-ramp to be able to be able to yeah. do that and to be able to spend it that's why I'm really excited about the monarch wallet um, Robert Beatles aka crypto beetle is behind it is an ICO it's the only ICO I've ever invested in it but that's one feature that they have on their wallet you can actually download it right now for Android or for iOS and, and they're very soon going to have a feature where you're going to be able to pay your Netflix with crypto. You're going to be able to pay uh, online subscriptions with Netflix. And then the next step after that is they're going to have a way for you to actually pay bills with crypto. I can't remember exactly. It's, it's not called bill pay, but it's, it's something like that. And so once things like that are introduced, I think we all have a responsibility. Like, look, if your power bill is $300, that's what mine you know, is on average. If your power bill is three hundred dollars. You're paying that out of your bank account. Once we have a way to do this, take that money and then put it in Bitcoin, and then use that Bitcoin to pay for it. You know, like you might get a you know five or ten dollar transaction fee, but you're doing something to push the space forward. Right. I think as soon as we have those better ways to do it, because right now, if you look at something like BitPay. BitPay is a card you can use that's a Visa where you can load it with crypto with Bitcoin 
excuse me, and then you can use it like a Visa. Crypto.com also has something similar. With BitPay, not you're actually not spending your crypto. It's actually getting converted to U.S. dollars somewhere along the way. That's right. So in the future, when we have more places willing to actually take the crypto that's not immediately converted to U.S. dollars, you know, and, and these are all reasons, guys, why when we look at a bull run in the future, how massive it could possibly be. Because in the last one, people barely knew how to even buy crypto. And so when all of this comes full circle, and I do believe it will be in the next one to two years, you know, I, I just say buckle up because it's going to get really crazy and we're going to be very fortunate to be on the front end of it. Hmm. Let's get back to the, um, is it Robert Beetle? Was that your guest? So the Monarch Wallet? Yes. You were mentioning that his his plans are, you know, eventually will be to be able to pay your Netflix bill through the Monarch mm-hmm. Wallet, right? Monthly? Right. So how does the Monarch Wallet pay Netflix in Bitcoin or does it get converted and then go into Netflix? I mean, I, I guess... Well, I assume Netflix is not taking crypto at this point, so right. I, I don't know. I'm not intimately involved with the project by any stretch of the imagination. It may have sounded like I was doing a commercial for it earlier, which I'm not <laughs> trying to do. No, I'm just curious. I mean, it, it is something I really believe in because of these features. So even if it is getting converted at this point, it's it's still a way that you can spend your crypto. But for, for me personally, I'm not going to be spending crypto to buy stuff. I do sometimes. I got a custom patch made for my Halloween costume. I dressed up like my character and my cartoon character for Halloween yep. in Las Vegas at World CryptoCon. And I ordered these patches. That it was like from India or something. I got a 10% discount for using Bitcoin. Mm. It was like, cool, you know? And I, I thought that was cool. I was able yeah. to actually spend my Bitcoin on something. So yeah. when we actually have a way to do that, um, I'm going to be all in. I think the feature of being able to like go straight from your wallet to multiple sources yeah. that's going to be on the Monarch wallet is really cool. But like for me personally, to actually spend crypto, I'm going to want the, uh, the person on the other side to be accepting it as well, which is, you know, something that we're probably not going to see across the board for a while. But I do, I do think Amazon within the next one to two years will be taking some form of crypto for payment. Well, from my perspective, I'm a, uh... My actual job is I, I run a small internet company, right? I run ads and I and I sell um, healthcare related stuff in the U.S. What I'm running into is I really, really want to be able to accept Bitcoin, partly because the transaction fees for Visa, Mastercard, and Amex uh, keep climbing. All the middlemen and the, the finance industry that you know you're required to deal with when you're running an online shop. They keep sending me notes telling me they're raising their percentages. But my real issue is, you know, I looked at BitPay and then I realized that BitPay, without trying to sound too negative, there there was a couple issues that came forward where would they with their barcode or they converted it to something and then they took a big cut. And then I was looking into BTC Pay, which is an open source project. Because I use a third-party website shop, BTC Pay is not implemented on that. From a merchant perspective, I'm having a lot of difficulty finding a way, a method, an API, if you will, to actually be able to accept Bitcoin from a uh, buyer. Yeah, it's, it, it's hard. I, I have a website, BitcoinCrypto.com, and I had dreams of, like, I don't know, doing a course or having something to sell on there, but ultimately I just make t-shirts and hats. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I, I've got some, some t-shirts and hats on there that I, I think are pretty nice. 
and I accept Request Network. So Request Network is a crypto, but it's actually a way that on my website, I can use Request Network to accept some different cryptos. They're all ERC-20s, but most people are paying with Ethereum. So I can accept Ethereum, but it is a very clunky process <laughs> to pay on there with it. You know, like I said earlier, like these are all reasons right now to be frustrated, but they're reasons to be excited for the future. Because when these issues get sorted out and when they get solved and when we're able to easily buy and sell uh, clothing or whatever it might be with crypto, I mean, that's going to be, or in your case, you know, your products, that's going to be a really good day. Um, and I'm oh. really excited to look forward to the future. I totally agree. It's just one of the issues that Andreas was talking about. It's just not a smooth and easy process to, to set up, you know, an online way to accept Bitcoin through a shop. Just like it's not an easy process for, I mean, I, we're here in Canada, so I'll say for a Canadian to actually go and buy a Bitcoin. It's, it's actually very difficult. <laughs> you need to almost have a computer science degree in order just to begin to purchase Bitcoin well, here in Canada. You have to know which way the wind blows, right? Well, we've had a number of people tell us that they've tried and they weren't able to do it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what's your experience in the States, but all of the big six Canadian banks, I think maybe save one, will not allow you to send money to an exchange to buy Bitcoin. They'll shut down your account. Yeah. There, there's Bitcoin ATMs. Yeah. <laughs> I think those are actually pretty popular up there in Canada. Yes, they um, are. With it, you know, with an eight to fifteen percent fee on it. But, my, my experience yeah. was very bad with me. I, I I used one just for the sake of using one. Uh, I was excited to do it. I made a video about it. I thought it was cool that I was able to find one in my town and use it. Yeah. But ultimately, I was like, yeah, but like I wouldn't actually use it for anything more than novelty purposes because right. um, it wanted KYC and it charged a ridiculous fee. Yeah. For, for, for me, for an, a Bitcoin ATM to be worth it, it has to have at least one of those features. It's got to have lower fees than Coinbase yeah. or it can have higher fees, but just no KYC. Right. As we, I think as we both agree, it's slowly getting better. It's it's really just time. I think uh, we just got to wait it out, and who knows where we'll be in a year. Another thing um, I came across, I haven't been looking at it lately, but you mentioned uh, backed in the the Bitcoin with Beards episode. I know it was initially planned to come out early December, and, and it's been delayed. What's your thoughts on Backed? I mean, I, I guess I'm kind of asking you to give me a kind of a rundown of what it's really all about. I mean, and what, why the delays are there. Initially, it was supposed to come out in November. Now, when we were first all told about Backed, it was supposed to come out in November. And then in November, they released an official date, which then was in December. And then in December, they delayed it to January 24th. And now my understanding is because of the U.S. government shutdown, um, which is just basically over a discrepancy over building a southern border, <laughs> um, because of that, now we're in a situation where we may not even know when that's going to get approved because it has to get approved by the U.S. government. And then at that point, it has to be 30 days. Now, it, it's not like the ETF where we're like crossing our fingers. Like, will it get approved? It, it will get approved once they put in the final paperwork. Right. But once they do it, it will take about a week for them to review it. And then it will take 30 days from there. So this government shutdown has really not been great for Bitcoin and, and crypto. Um, but as far as what backed is, 
there's a couple really cool things about it. The, the first is the futures contract. So futures contracts are almost a dirty word in crypto because last year, um, well, now two years ago in 2017, when the first Bitcoin contracts were released uh, by CME and CBOE, those were settled in U.S. dollars. Those are contracts that were settled in U.S. dollars. So you could basically pretend you, you, you could buy and sell paper Bitcoins that were not even real Bitcoins. Like, and that kind of defeats the purpose of having a 21 million total supply, which of course is around 18.3 right now. But those are settled in US dollars, so you could actually bet on Bitcoin without having to invest in Bitcoin. Right. Backed, on the other hand, are gonna be futures contracts that are going to be settled in Bitcoin. So it gives the, you know, the motivation to own Bitcoin to have those contracts. And when you're talking about institutional investors and the type of purchases they would be making to do on those contracts, then, you know, having them settled in Bitcoins is going to be a huge difference and will actually be good for the space. The other thing they're doing is they partnered with Microsoft and Starbucks to where you're going to be able to spend your crypto. Once again, it's the same process we've already talked about, which is where at the time of purchase, your crypto is being converted to US dollars for Microsoft and Starbucks. But I think it's really cool. Like, I can't wait to go buy. I love Starbucks. A lot of people don't like it. I like all kinds of different drinks there. I like weird drinks that got crazy names. I like black coffee. I like it all. So I I might buy two shots of espresso by itself and shoot it. Or I I might order a unicorn frat. But uh, I can't wait to go in there. And then the conversations that that can spark when you pay for that. You know, it's different than online. Because online, when you're buying things with Bitcoin and it's being converted to U.S. dollars, like... That's defeating the purpose, right? Yes. But when you go somewhere in public and you do it, I love talking to people about Bitcoin. So I like sparking those conversations. Yes. So I know when I go and there's somebody behind me and they may have heard of, of crypto before and then they see me in front of them buy with Bitcoin and I promise I'll be loud and obnoxious about it. <laughs> um, you know, they're yep. going to see that and it's going to spark some, some good conversations. I mean, I, I wore a Litecoin Summit shirt one time to Walmart and you know, a guy came up to me and started talking to me, you know, so I think that's going to be really cool. So all of that, there's some other features of fact that I'm not an institutional investor, obviously. Um, I I didn't come from the financial world. I just came because I was super attracted to decentralization and, and, you know, where the space is going to go. So I can't detail everything that's involved in it, but those are the two biggies that, you know, we're we're really looking forward to, to having and coming to the crypto space. Right. Okay. So it's not over. It's really just delayed because of the government shutdown at this point. I'm not sure. They said at the beginning of this month, which I, to my knowledge, I've been house hunting for two or three days. So I, I don't know if, if anything has came out that maybe I'm unaware of. You know, th- there might also be another delay on top of that, maybe coming. But the government shutdown, no matter what, has put a nix on that in the very, very, very short term. My conspiracy theory is they were ready to put it out. They had the date. Then when the government shutdown hit, they kind of had a scapegoat to say, oh, now we can't do it because of this. And that gives them the opportunity Mm. to go back and punt and maybe wait to see what the market's doing. Because, you know, they probably don't want to release it in a market that's been as crappy. I mean, really, the last week or so has been a little bit better. Yeah. But um, I think that they use that as a scapegoat. And now they're going to wait to see what's going to happen with the ETF, which that decision is coming in about seven weeks. Right, 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 right. Um, So it won't surprise me if, and that shouldn't affect the crypto markets, by the way, if we do get the denial. Most people believe 
we will get the denial of the ETF. Yep. And that that is already baked into the current price. So we dropped from six thousand to three thousand. That oh. price was already baked in. It's what we're so. used to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know anything anything other than the negativity and refusal on on the financial instruments for Bitcoin would be a surprise on, to the upside for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Hmm. So interesting. We'll we'll see what happens. I, I think March is going to be a very interesting month as as we get closer to the end of February to get that ETF decision, which could come any day. By the way, that 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 last day for them to make the decision is on February twenty seventh. But we we have consistently seen the SEC. Um, I've been able to predict some days of their previous statements when they issue denials and stuff because on average they. They will announce about a week before the, whatever the approaching deadline is. So February twenty seventh is the deadline, but any time really mid to late February, February and beyond, I think we could see that announcement. So that's why it, March March is going to be, like I said, very very interesting. Well, could turn out to be an interesting spring this year. Yeah, it could. It could. I think it's going to be a very interesting year anyway for Bitcoin. Well, the happening, you know, when's the happening? Next May or June? So the next year, year and a half, it's going to be an interesting time to Mm -hmm. be here. So we'll see what happens. Well, BitBoy, we would love to thank you for coming on our show this week. Um, it's actually been a real pleasure speaking with you, and we hope one day that you will come on again if you enjoyed yourself. <laughs> and I'm going to leave it to you to give yourself a little plug here and uh, tell our audience how they can uh, catch you and follow you, please. Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. I, I really believe in the crypto community. And so, you know, when people ask me to come on, I, I love to do it. So I really appreciate you. You guys have me on. You guys can find me on my uh, YouTube channel, which is BitBoy Crypto, and then you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BitBoy underscore Hodel. You can also find my website, like we talked a little bit about earlier, uh, BitBoyCrypto.com. I got some really sweet fitted hats that I wear every day on them. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, we saw some of your videos. Very cool. The uh, your production levels are quite excellent. I was very Thank impressed, you. by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm always trying to improve. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wicked, man. Fantastic. That's ah, been a refreshing conversation. Thank it you so been. much. Yeah, thanks a lot, and uh, we wish you all success in the year. Thanks, BitBoy. Bye bye. Bitcoin Roundtable: Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin. <laughs>